This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Christian perspective on the news does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Radio K Pulpit or the on-air presenter, but is the independent viewpoint of the individual contributor. Please send an email to info at kpulpit.co.za should you have any further inquiries. Christian Perspective on the News. On Monday, we get to spend time with Mike Bernard, who's an analytical strategist, helping churches, mission organizations, and you and I as individuals to understand the season that we live in. A hearty good morning to you, Mike. Hope you're well. Yes, good morning, Brad, and good morning to the listeners. Yeah, always a pleasure to spend time with you, Mike. Monday mornings are becoming a challenge to speak to you because it feels like the world is not changing. Its attitudes, its way of going about things, the concerns that we have, the conversations around the Middle East, what's happening in South Africa. feels like I'm stuck in Groundhog Day. Oh, my brother, it seems like you've been reading my mail. Um, (laughs) (laughs) we, We currently have a couple here, a pastor and his wife from Syria. Um, at DL Logos, we've got a project, Project Greener Pastures. So we bring out um, a pastor and his wife from a closed country, um, suffering, they've been through severe suffering, just to let them breathe. They're actually leaving back to Syria today. Uh-huh. So they've been through a 12-year war. They've been through sanctions. They've been through the pandemic. They've been through the earthquake. Um, we cannot even begin to describe the hardship that they've gone through. And Brad, yet in the midst of everything, their church has grown from a, when we visited there the first time a few years back. It was a small house church. Today, they've got a church of 80 families, so about two, 300 people. And we asked Pastor Emil, we said, my brother, what is the secret? Um, explain to us, um, how did you survive during a brutal, brutal war? And, and listen to this, Brad. This is what he said to us. He said, my brother, as a church, we started memorizing scripture. And the one scripture that we would repeat every Sunday morning was Psalm 91. And he said, especially verse 2, where it says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. And he said, we realized, my brother, that it's not only good enough to believe this. We have to publicly Declare this. We have to say this. We have to say to the Lord, you are my refuge. And I'm just thinking this morning, Brad, um, how political analysts, how Christian leaders um, actually speak death over our nation. No, South Africa is not a sinking ship. No, we're not governed by a group of parasites. We really need to understand that what we say carries weight. And when we start declaring that God is the God of South Africa, that our Lord has separated and consecrated this nation for redemptive purposes, then our whole attitude will change and we will see people coming to know Christ. So, yeah, I think, Brad, um, (laughs) what we say today is going to be counted in heaven as well. Um, I think we need to remember Ephesians 4.29 where it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Yeah, so, Brad, yeah. Um, words and what we say today will carry some way, and yeah. it will be measured in the air as well. The song we just played before we came on is from Building 429. That's where they get their name from, from Ephesians 429 in Building One Another Up. So there you go. Your oh, verse wow. 
the song just before you and your verse all line up beautifully this morning. So this this comes down to then the attitude that we have because we have people that comment as you do on a 7.30 in the mornings and bring their thoughts and their feelings. We have the ones we... Sometimes we struggle to make our own opinions, so we let other people feed us with their their opinions, and then based on how they feel, we sometimes shape our own opinions on that, and that sometimes goes a little bit haywire. So I think this is a real challenge for us this morning, Mike, that you've laid down for us, is we need to decide where we stand and how we truly feel, and we have to make the, our minds up for ourselves and not let somebody else tell us how to think. Yeah, absolutely, and, and the sad thing is people actually tell us what we believe. Um, Brad, it's, it's healthy to have different opinions. You know, having different opinions is not a bad thing. We, we need to discuss these things and, and come to an understanding and evaluate and test. This is what the Bible says. But when we do discuss, we need to do it positively. We, we need to do it in a, in a way that will uplift people. The, the issue is not having different opinions. The, the issue is how we express those opinions publicly. And I just sense so many Christian leaders are speaking death over this nation. Mm. And, and that cannot be tolerated. We, we need to speak life. I'm not saying everything is, is with our challenges in this nation. We've got our challenges. But we can address that in a way that will give glory to God and still let people understand that God is still sovereignly shaping this nation. You know, we, we are a nation that sends the most missionaries from the Africa continent mm. um, across our borders. There's still a deep consecration and a purpose for this nation. We are still sovereignly used by God Almighty to take the gospel of good news even to the Middle East. So, yeah, we should never underestimate, you know, how God is still using this nation. Um, let's be honest, you know, the, 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 whether it's the ANC or the DA or whoever is not sovereignly in charge of this nation. God still is. And we need to acknowledge that. Mm. Mike, anything else particularly that's standing out for you as, uh, as that you want to talk, talk about this morning? Yeah, I think, you know, Brad, obviously having um, the pastor from Syria here brought a whole new awareness of what is happening in the Middle East at the moment. Um, this past weekend, the death toll in, in Gaza has surpassed 29,000. And it, it's really important to understand um, it's the most people that have been killed in a, in a time frame of 100 days in the 21st century. So um, regardless of where you stand regarding the war, if, if, if this doesn't break your heart, then, then something is wrong. Um, it's just heartbreaking. 80% of the world starving today live in Gaza. So we really need to pray that God will intervene, that there will be um, a time for peace, whether it's Hamas or whether it's Israel, but we need to pray that both parties will get together and start negotiating peace. Um, it's just becoming beyond human control at the moment. Um, and I really think we need to pray for, for the region there more. I wonder if it's a conversation that you might have had with your connections in Syria. But I think a lot about it here in the context of what's happened in Gaza and as well with the conversations around Rafah. Is how does one rebuild? You know, it almost is like we want to go get it. Uh, crushed down to dust and then somehow rebuild. And you wonder if that ever works out the way that people in charge ever imagine. Yeah, you know, Brad, they say currently if, if you build, rebuild one house at a time, it's going to take about 2,000 years to, to rebuild Gaza. So you cannot even begin to, if, if you 
attend one funeral a day, it's going to take 75 years just to attend the funeral of everybody that's been killed. So just to give you an idea of the hardship in this nation. So uh, it, it's once again the issue that we need to say to the Lord, Lord, you are our refuge. But, but I tell you, uh, Brad, talking to the pastor from Syria, I came to a whole new understanding of the different worldviews we have. And we've spoken about this before. You know, in the Western world, in South Africa, we've got this right and wrong. So we look at Hamas and say that's wrong, or we look at Israel and say that's wrong. This is not the way that the Middle East look at events. And it's really important to understand this. They've got an honor and shame worldview. So everything evolves around honor and shame. Um, even, you know, when there's honor killings, it's not right or wrong. It's because of honor and shame. And we really, when you, when you can put yourself in the shoes of a Gazan or an Israeli, and you put yourself in Rafah, and you understand the honor and shame principle, it brings a whole new dimension of what is happening. The shame of people losing their homes. The shame of people having to beg for food. The shame of people being homeless. We, we cannot even begin to contemplate that. It's not just about right and wrong. So, yeah, and talking, you know, talking to people in the Middle East mm. it gives you a whole mm. new understanding of the levels of hardship. And obviously, Syria is involved in the war as well. Obviously, Lebanon is now involved in the war. And there's a real fear when I speak to my colleagues in Lebanon that soon, you know, Lebanon will be brought into this war as well. And they don't want this. So there's a real need for the church in this region, a real need for the church in this region to be strengthened to be encouraged and to be prayed. Thanks so much for your time and your input this morning, Mike. We appreciate that so much. You've been listening to Mike Bernard. If you've never heard him before, he's an analytical strategist helping churches, mission organizations, and you and I to understand the season, which sometimes feels just a little bit crazy and understand the the season better that we're living in right now. Mike, appreciate your time, your expertise, and your thoughts. Um, Have yourself a really, really great week. Thank you, Brad. Can I just say to Al-Marie, you know, um, um, pineapple on a pizza, Mm-hmm. It's like a piece of yeah, it's like a piece of building um, going into a chocolate dip. It's just <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> Rara. Okay, good. Ons het nog nie, ons het nog nie gesê, ons al oorvul nie, maar... Um, ja, nee, ek hou van my, ek hou, ek, ek hou rechter van my, van my pijnappel, jy weet, of my pizza, maar, maar in, 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 in Italiaanse context. Daar is hy, daar het jom, ek moet, ek het vriende wat, um, die vriendse pa was een van die eerste mense wat van Italië af een pizza plek in Zuid-Afrika oopgemaak het, en menige restaurante het gevolg, maar kyk na, Daai oom gaan nie tevrede wees met wat hulle geïmplementeer het nou in 2024 nie. Ek dink, ek dink daai volk is in rep in die roer. Kan nie dink hulle betoog oor pineapples? Dit ja, is... ja, ek kan, ek kan. Ek was daar gewees en geloof vir my, hulle, hulle, hulle wil jou iets aandoen as jy vraag vir een pizza met pineapples. Ja, ek wil, ek wil so graag net een keer sien hoe like iemand sy gezicht in Italië as jy dit vraag. Mike, het jy dit gewaag toe jy daar was? <laughs> ek het die eerste keer maar nooit weer nie. Het? <laughs> Nou hoor jy met een lekker dag en geniet in Zuid-Afrika daai pijnappel op jou pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Dankie, tot ziens. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K-Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.